I'm no Betty or Veronica, not even Jughead. Don't you call me a Reggie, I'd rather be caught dead. Just two friends who don't know who they want to be. Let's see them figure it out. Archie and me. Welcome to Archie and me, an Archie Comics podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Brandon, and today we are welcoming a guest on our review episode. We've got Timmy Haig here. Timmy is the owner of Arsenal Comics and Games. You'll also remember that he was on the podcast before talking about being a writer on the Fear the Fun House Toy Box of Terror one-shot recently. Yeah, welcome, Timmy. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back on my favorite podcast. Timmy, we're so glad to have you on to talk about Sabrina the Teenage Witch Holiday Special one-shot. The first story in this story is The Longest Night by Kelly Thompson with art by Veronica Fish. The second story is A Very Spellman Solstice, story by Daniel Page and line art by Veronica Johnson. And of course, we have colors by Matt Herms and letters by Jack Morelli. Classic. It's a great Archie combo. <laughs> oh, yeah. So great. I mean, I just keep thinking about how many uh, Archie comics Jack Morelli has lettered. <laughs> His comps must be insane. Just UPS <laughs> dropping every day. Boxes, just upon boxes. Um, yeah, he, like those, it's really interesting, like a creative team like that, because you think back to like who the Archie classic people are, like the Dan DeCarlos, and then now you have like Dan Parent and Bless like 10, 20 years. So it's like in 20 years from now or 10 years is like the Matt Herms, Jack Morelli, you know, they're going to be of that stature, I think, in like the Archie comics world. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it, man. You know, and because it's part of the the style, right? And I feel like lettering is something that people, it's one of those things where it goes well, it can kind of, it, it fits into the art, but if, it go, if there's really bad lettering, it really sticks out, if that makes sense. Totally. Oh, amen. I mean, that's, that's comic books in a nutshell, for sure. Um, lettering and coloring is all part of the, uh, you know, the cooking and the baking of what makes a comic a comic. And you know, with Archie especially, I would feel like the colors and the lettering is just like so essential to what makes an Archie comic an Archie comic. And it, especially in these one shots, I feel, and we've talked about this before, is like it makes it so cohesive uh, having uh, the same colorist and letterer on on those books. Definitely. And I think that's also a testament to the talent of those creators is because each one shot sometimes can jump genres or just jump type of tropes or stories yet it still pays honor to all those things but still feels like an archie comic oh yeah totally i mean the, the, the their ability to maintain a kind of a um consistency of their brand across 80 years is kind of remarkable it's nuts it's super impressive yeah i mean you know it's it feels uh, feels weird to say house style because they feel you know you feel like they've got a classic house style but then, you know, when there's some of their one shots and horror imprints, it's obviously a lot more varied. But oh, yeah. like y'all said, like it all feels of the piece. It feels of, of the Archie brand in a really unique way. So, Timmy, we wanted to ask. Uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, I know I got into Sabrina probably a little bit with Archie Comics as a younger kid with the Digest, but mostly with the, the Melissa Joan Hart TV show. I was wondering, what was your first exposure to Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Um, so I'm going to call it the Sabrina Mandela effect. Uh, bear with, bear with me here. This was a recent, uh, conversation I had. So it's fresh, it's fresh in my head. Um, I 
am also so I'm rewatching every Archie show right now. And I'm throwing in the Melissa Joan Hart. And I'm watching that with a friend. Yes. And we're watching the pilot. And I'm like, wow, this is not at all what I remembered. I thought it was like a three-part TV movie. And the pilot was like one-third of that. And then episode two was the middle and so forth. And my friend was like, no, you're crazy. This is the pilot. This is how Sabrina starts. And I'm like, "Mm." and then sure enough, like, I'm like, 20 minutes into this i'm like no okay i i'm not crazy i'm going to the google machine (laughs) and sure enough i wasn't crazy like the there was the tv movie that also worked as the start of it and harvey was ryan reynolds and it, it blew my mind like i remembered everything about the tv movie of her origin but i completely like forgot the pilot episode that came after and it's really interesting, like, how successful Sabrina was to not just have that TV movie starting at all with, you know, Ryan Reynolds' first early role, but then you had the pilot, too, of the ongoing TV series. And in a way, it's almost kind of very comic booky, like, you know, like, oh, Sabrina had a first appearance in this, and now here's her famous ongoing yeah. series. Like, it, it really worked out. Um so Melissa Joan Hart show for sure with that awesome puppet and, you know, just that yeah, iconic Salem. voice. And, you know, that was really it for me with Sabrina. And like, I'd, I'd see her occasionally in an Archie book, but when it came to the comics, I was always just mostly Archie and the gang and the crazy crossovers. And if I saw Sabrina and something great, but I didn't really go out of my way for it. And then of course, you know, Roberto gave us just that magnum opus of chilling adventure sabrina and it just was a game changer i was working at the comic i was working at comic book store when that book came out and i just i was blown away and that got me to read all the classic stuff of sabrina um so now on my library you know my library home i got the uh the reprint graphic novels of all the classic uh chilling sorcery stuff and yeah just seeing all of that morphed into the chilling adventures it's just Roberto and Robert Hack are just just so insanely talented and what they've created there. And, you know, flash forward now a decade, which is nuts that Archie Horde now is a decade old. Um, you know, you've just seen Sabrina through the years now and, and comic books just go through so many fun, different variations. Like you have, you know, the M-rated Chilling Adventures that gave life to the Netflix show. And then, you know, a couple of years later, you have the incarnation that, uh, which is great segue into this book we're talking about because Veronica Fish, you know, she's given us, in my opinion, a Sabrina look of the 2010s and 2020s. Like, it's just such a great look for Sabrina, such a great style. Um, and just the, un- like the way the, un- like the unseen, uh, the Academy of the Unseen Arts. It's just portrayed. It's just so cool. And yeah, I've the last decade has been just such an amazing time for Sabrina the Teenage Witch fans. Um, Sabrina's become my favorite comic book witch. Absolutely. <laughs> so great. And I, I love that you uh I love that you talked about Veronica Fish there because she has become one of my favorite of the modern Archie artists for sure. Agreed. I think I think Veronica's very underrated. Yeah, uh, and I do think the Kelly Thompson and Veronica Fish run that we had that leads into this first story. I mean, this first story is definitely a continuation. Yes. Before, before we get too deep, 
we are going to do some spoilers for this issue, so make sure you go ahead and pick it up from your local comic book store. But yes, it's a continuation of their run. We're, you know, we're getting a little flash forward because at the end of the run, she's kind of Ambrose is there and, and is asking her or bringing this letter saying like, hey, you can go to this Academy of the mm-hmm. Unseen Arts. And this whole issue is themed around the winter solstice. It says holiday special, but I think it'd be more <laughs> accurately called the winter solstice special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, is it, is it all? I have a question. Is it always the 21st of December or does it change every year? I think it's always the 21st okay. of December, the winter solstice. Okay, because it's the shortest day of the year and the longest night. Yes. Editor's note, it's not always the 21st. What is Josh talking about? And uh, that makes... It just sounds witchy. It, it just does, sounds so right? witchy. Yeah. <laughs> I started looking into it. I was like, is this something that people... Yeah, is that a common thing in witch mm-hmm. you know, history or lore? And I think it is. I mean, I think any kind of like seasonal change. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I have to say that, that you know, I, there, there's there's something... I think there's something a little bit special uh, of this idea of like Christmas and the holidays taking place around the winter solstice. So this idea of like on the on the longest and coldest night uh, or nights of the year, that's when uh, we have these holidays that are all about cheer and getting together and warmth. <laughs> and I don't know. I love it. I'm a sucker for that. People are trying. Yeah, they're trying to hack their uh, their seasonal <laughs> depression. Hey, I'm for all real? for it. I'm all for it. But the the fact that it's the longest night of the year factors into the plot of this because um, you know, obviously there's a, there's some spells that must be cast. And let's talk about that page where Sabrina's casting a spell. Anytime Veronica fish does Sabrina's magic. uh, I'm in love. (laughs) Yeah. um, I have like, when it comes to me talking about comics or just things I really love um, the highest, like two words of approval I can ever give are just so sick. (laughs) <laughs> and there was absolutely some pages that made me say that out loud uh, when I was reading this. Like, just, yeah, you, you said it perfectly. Just the way, like, Fish depicts Sabrina casting spells is just, yeah, it's just so sick. And to kind of just summarize the, the basic points of the story so we can just talk about it as, as we'd like. Uh, the story is set on the wi- winter solstice. Sabrina and her friends, who are students at the Academy of the Unseen Arts, are tasked with saving their friend who has been taken, and tonight is their last chance to save them. Mm. Dun dun dun! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that the, in the story. You know, you, you mentioned a flash forward earlier. Uh, not only is it established that she's at the school, but I love that her little friend group is already established. It's like you know, it doesn't doesn't waste any time, like you know, talking about like them meeting or anything. It's just like this is her established friend group, and it jumps right into the action, sort of in media res. And uh, like you said, it really is a showpiece for Veronica Fish's amazing art that so much of this story is action. Is that the right word? <laughs> it's, it's There's a lot going on. Visually. We jump in the middle. Yeah, it's go, go, go. I love it. I also love that this is right after that page that y'all were talking about. But the next page where there's a panel that's a close up of Sabrina's face. And uh, her eyes are wide open, but you just see, like, the universe in her eyes. Yeah. So cool. And she's saying, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion that's going to be, like, a very much modern, like, definitive panel of Sabrina. Like, if we see that on shirts on (laughs) Archie.com pretty soon, I would not be surprised. And I would say, well played. Uh, It's just, it's well, (laughs) you know, it's great. 
something uh, I loved in the in the run before this and in the story is that Sabrina's magic. She's always it's not just that she's good at magic. She's like clever with her planning and how she uses her magic. Because mm-hmm. as you uh, as the story unfolds, you see that she's had this plan that she's thought out this whole time. And even the little thing where she does like the Hansel and Gretel spell to make her way back to the portal. I just think things I love seeing her be clever with her magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's what's always so great about Sabrina. She's a teenage witch and she's just, you know, she's go she's like when I was a teenager, you know, there's no way I could ever come up with anything remotely clever <laughs> like that. So it's just so cool seeing Sabrina just always, you know, go above and beyond and you know, show the naysayers that, you know, her half-human, half-witch ways don't deter her from being as clever as she can be. Yeah, if I had been a portal when I was a teenager, I would have been like, okay, now what do we do? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Uh, Can someone help me? Like, what? (laughs) So, uh, I I don't know if if we should want to spoil the big ending of the story, but Sabrina has this big plan to try and save her friend, and the Winter Solstice plays a big part of it. Yeah, and uh, we get another great close-up of Sabrina as the final panel of her winking at the reader, which I love. Super iconic. Like, if if you're not having Sabrina do the classic wink, what are we even doing, you know? (laughs) And I love that she says, plan accordingly. (laughs) And and we get a a fiend, a fiend, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, yeah. Hmm. There's been a lot of those in these one shots lately. It's... uh... It's 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 fun, you know. It's uh, I'm always curious, like of all these spins we're getting, these one shots, which is the one we're gonna, you know, get a little uh, little taste of, you know, of, of something more. Because I, I I thought about it, you know, with the recent collection they had, um, the Chilling Adventures collection, where we've gotten quite a few Madam Satan stories, you know, spinning out of Sabrina World mm-hmm. uh, that have been telling a longer story over time, and I and I know, trust me, we know that. Everything with comics and COVID really threw off planning and scheduling. And we're kind of, I feel like, honestly, uh, you know, just getting back on track with some of those things. I'm really interested to see, you know, what Archie, if we're going to get back into some monthly Archie stories. Mm. I have a sneaking suspicion. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that, um, you know, if if we do get some monthly Archie books in the near future, which Josh, Josh and I talk about all the time, obviously, we would love to see. But uh, if we do get that, um, a Kelly Thompson, Veronica Fish getting to do another Sabrina ongoing would be definitely on my short list of uh, ones I'd like to see. Because, I mean, we did a whole episode on Volume 1 and 2 that that they did together and uh, just some great comics. I mean, Kelly Thompson, she's in demand. I'm sure Veronica Fish, too. But, you know, she's she's been doing she's got so many books going on right now. I I, this is totally unrelated. I haven't read it, but apparently her Birds of Prey book that's happening right now is fantastic. Yeah, it's one of the best DC books out right now, for sure. Oh, okay, I'll pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Our poor wallets. I mean, I'm a you know, if you see Big Barda on a book, I'm a sucker for it. So you know, she got me there. Yes, I love Big Barda, and uh, I I really do. uh, Now I'm just going on Big Barda tangent, but (laughs) I love her representation in uh, Tom King and Mitch uh, Garrett's Mm. Mister Mister Miracle Run. I have this running bit uh, with a buddy of mine um, where he 
tells me I'm going to do the Archie Comics uh, version of Tom King and Mitch's uh, Mr. Miracle. <laughs> and I always, I always look at them and go, sure, buddy. You, when I, whenever I figure out whatever that is, you're going to be the first person I call. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll check it yeah. out. <laughs> I think we just I, need yeah. to start doing a, a comics podcast with Timmy. You know, just all comics. <laughs> That'd be, I'm, all, I'm all in. <laughs> love it. I love talking about comics. Yeah. It's great. So uh, our second story, uh, Very Spellman Solstice, has story by Daniel Page, who, you know, like you're saying, is a collaborator on Toy Box of Terror. And this one, we get to do a flashback into uh, Zelda and Hilda and Edward, Sabrina's dad, as teens. And we get to kind of see, uh, it seems kind of soon after uh, their parents have passed away, we're kind of getting to see what their life is like after that and how it's kind of a it's a good story about traditions right and it's a very heartwarming story you know and it's also like it's it just got a great message it's it's great about holidays and kind of a blue christmas with grief and it's just really next level stuff in my opinion like i know my opinion's biased because danielle's a friend and collaborator but i was just like reading this page after page i was like Oh my God, Danielle, you didn't tell me I was going to need like a Phoenix box for my tears. Like it just, it, you know, is, as they say on the interwebs, it gets you in the fields. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a very, just, it's a classic Christmas story with the ants. And, you know, she'd been talking to me for a while, like talking up that, yep, for years I've been wanting to do a story with the ants. Mm. And she knocked out the park. She delivered. I'm so glad she finally got to tell this story. Oh yeah, for sure. And this is this is much more superficial than the feels you're talking about. But as a as a Christmas <laughs> lover, I appreciated just how many panels in this story have Christmas trees in them. Yeah, <laughs> so many Christmas yes. trees. Um, and there's a panel where a Christmas tree grows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, Nutcracker vibes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's also really cool that this is kind of a period piece in a way because it takes place in the '90s, right? And and uh, you know we don't usually get like recent history period pieces in Archie comics. <laughs> well, now that's like, you know what, how many years ago? The nine. I know now. Yeah. That's, that's, I guess that's a long time ago now, as, but as we all turn to dust, um, but the fashion yeah. and the cars and this are very nineties. And well, what, I thought that was really interesting. is I didn't even notice until I saw the game boy. Oh yeah. Like it, like I was like, well, that's a clunky looking cell phone. What years is based in? And then I, you know, I look at the fine print. It's, you know, a game boy thing. I'm like, oh, okay, very cool. And I was like, wow, I'm old. <laughs> I just remember being excited that, so I had like the regular size Game Boy and I could fend it, uh, fit it in like my pocket, like some giant pants <laughs> I was wearing or something. And then they made smaller ones. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like the Game Boy Advance well, or whatever. What's the What's the point is you cannot show it off though. You yeah. Know? It's, a badge, it's a badge of honor. Like, oh, what? You're going to call me and you're going to beat me up here. Well, at least I got my giant Game Boy to hit you and defend myself with. <laughs> I got to say, nothing ever made me feel like more uh, prosperous than those attachments that you could buy for them. Oh, like the light. Bam. Yeah. One so year I got the light call. attachment. I love it. I got the light attachment one year and I just felt like, I don't know, I felt like freaking Nikola Tesla or something. <laughs> like you were che cheating like science. Right, yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah, it's against nature. Now I can I could game in the car while it's dark and my parents are driving. <laughs> oh man, my teenage customers would just look at me with such shock and disbelief if I told them that the first Game Boy could not be seen in the dark by the light of the screen. <laughs> 
Uh, you could do the Pokemon transfer. And, oh yeah. And, like, oh no, the Y. Yes. Uh, I could never get it to work. It made me feel so stupid as a kid. Now you know. Now you'd have to do like a Game Boy bump. Like you know, you could do that. Oh like, yeah. Bump. <laughs> do uh does Archie have any Game Boy era video games like Sabrina? Oh my gosh. Think? I've never Probably, heard of right? any. There had to be one for the Sabrina TV show, right? Totally. Had to be. Mm. Had right. to be. You got to do some for research, Timmy. You got to play real. Sabrina. Oh, we should do a video game episode. That'd be fun. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, That'd right. be so great. We got some research to do. <laughs> Absolutely. There, There is an Archie. There's at least one Archie board game, which I, I keep telling Josh we should uh, play in live stream. Amazing. <laughs> Surely they did Riverdale Monopoly, right? Surely. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, thinking of the 90s uh, setting of the story, we do get the first meeting of Edward and um, I'm forgetting Sabrina's mom's name right now, but kind of because of the effects of the story, we're seeing their first meeting. Mm. Yeah, he's such a jerk. It's <laughs> it's really funny. Um, it's, yeah, like he's just such a jerk and it's really just so... Like it's it's very like almost nineties movie as well. Like they meet because like it's a snowy blizzard and she just need she goes into like the closest car for help. And, yeah, you know it's it's just so it's just classic nineties. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The rom com meet, you know the yeah meet, the meet cute. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, um, Edward Spellman, kind of a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think also, you know, if you think about chilling adventures, he's a jerk in that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we need that solo Edward story where we really learn about, mm. you know, how he became the the person he is. And it's one of those, you know, it's the gray and so, you know, it's it's a. Oh, yeah. Or like those are those Disney prequels like Malef Maleficent and things oh, like yeah. that, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you guys are making me want to reread the uh, God on the first uh, horror one shots with Salem. Oh, where it shows his, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, like I know that wasn't the origin issue, but man, I I think I almost like that one a little bit more than the or the actual origin issue. Um it was just so fun. Him in the animal pound, casting revenge for the yeah. other animals. It was great. It's great. And I would love for Cullen Bunn to come back and do some more Archie stuff. We still haven't done Blossom uh six six six, but it's on our list. It's on our list. I reread it recently, so if you need me again for that, I'm all in. Oh yes, I would love it. Um, so in the story, we do, you know, we get Hilda and Zelda as teenagers, and it's kind of interesting because I feel like as as grownups, you see a more confident Hilda, and in this story, she's not as confident as she grows up to be at the beginning of the story. Yeah, they do a really good job of showing her progress through the story. Uh, by the end of it, like seeing a more clear vision of her being the aunt we all know and like the modern set sabrina stuff um and they do it well with you know also like i said getting you in the feels like it's just it's all about them wanting to be reunited with their deceased family and i mean you know who who cannot relate with that you know we always want to see you know family members who we cannot see anymore and they uh they really have a, a really fun thing going with you know you can bring back family but when they're ghosts, there's some trickery involved, mm, yeah. and, and that's just such a that's such such a cool story device. And it makes sense, you know, to to tie this in with kind of the holiday special and the holidays in general. I mean, I think that that's usually a time of the year when 
sometimes folks that have gone are missed the most. And so I think it, it just it was really smart to kind of tie this story in with a with the kind of holiday Christmas special and um, sort of address the fact that that's something that's on a lot of people's minds this time of year. And just that make, uh, you know, people use this term in so many different ways, but like just normalizing that it's a thing and it's something that can be talked about. It's mm. something that we can see in our entertainment and media, I think is like so important. Agreed. Super agreed. Uh, that's why Spider-Man always gravitated towards me. Um, Cause oh, yeah. just what a big way that's, you know, involved with his origin story. And even, you know, later with Gwen Stacy and, you know, I, I really think Sabrina's done a really good job with that too through the years of, you know, her parents and yeah, it's great. And like we said with the other one, and I think, and this is the the way to do it with when you're telling shorter stories, this is also one where we're jumping in the middle of their experience. You know, it's at, it, we're not, we didn't see their parents, you know, what happened with their parents. We're just kind of jumping ahead mm-hmm. to like them having to emotionally deal with it. Or not deal with it because it's kind of interesting that Edward, Zelda, and Hilda, they all are kind of dealing with it in different ways. Like, we we didn't even talk about the dance. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the winter solstice dance. I know it has a special name, but I'm forgetting what it is right now. Which, again, the dance is also just great 90s, you know, rom-com type movie stuff. Um, it's It really works. And, yeah, it's it's really cool how you see all three of them deal with the grief in different ways. Um, and you know, one could say Edward processes it in a way where, you know, it kind of was what turns him into like a little bit of a pouty jerk. Mm. Um, and you know, showing that maybe that's not the most healthy way to handle grief and, and all that, but you know, it just shows we all process it differently. Sure. For better or for worse. Okay. I'd, I'd also, this is making me think of it. I'd also love to see uh, a mini about Sabrina's parents. Yeah. You know, just them together in their relationship. There's a lot of potential there. Like we always have to talk about, Timmy, you know, and I know you've listened to, to some of our episodes, the covers, come on, Archie covers <laughs> are so good. They're the best. Um, there's an amazing cover A and B. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of exclusive covers, uh, Danielle put out through her website uh, two awesome covers, one that uh, she drew herself, which is really fun, her first published uh, cover art. And then um, the Leher brothers uh, did another cover for her. And they actually did an awesome cover for Toy Box of Terror. Uh, that was a very uh, classic uh, Barbie homage, oh, okay. which was a lot of fun. But yeah, they really knocked out the uh, like the park with these covers. Um, cover A is, it's Veronica, right? Veronica Fish Veronica did cover Fish. A? Yep. Yeah, awesome. And then the Laura Braga cover is amazing as well. Totally. I love Salem and the and Laura's cover. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I would love to see some more school, you know. Yeah. School adventures, the dark academia sort of stuff, kind of like oh, Darkling and Sabrina could have a crossover, you know. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, yeah, I think the Sabrina Academy stuff is very, like it's it's shocking to me that we like haven't had a big book series on that yet. Um, so I, I definitely would, would hope that it's, it's going to happen sooner or later because who doesn't want to see Harry Potter-esque tales of Sabrina, you know? Totally. Yes. That is a great, <laughs> cause it's a big part of the show. You know, it was one of those things on the show that like you saw 
more of than what you did really in the comic it was based off of. For sure, yeah. I'm going to go back and watch the show now. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Brandon, did it's you watch great. it? I can't remember. Okay, so I had a, I had a similar kind of um, misremembering experience uh, that's Timmy, um, but it was that for a while I thought that I had seen the show, <laughs> but it turns out I was just remembering me watching Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because I was because awesome. like I would they would I would like look online and I'd be like you know I'd look up Sabrina Teenage Witch and I'd see pictures of uh, Melissa Joan Hart as a teen like in a at a house and I'd be like oh yeah totally I've seen that and and no I just I watched uh, I never watched Teenage Witch uh, but I did watch Clarissa Explains It All. All right, here comes Pop with a check and it's just, it's in the shape of a little Christmas tree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Timmy, we were uh, you know we were kind of wondering. Well, actually. Before I even get to that other question that Brain's going to ask you, <laughs> we have to ask you about the Christmas pickle. Do you know about this debacle? So I do. And here's the thing, gents. I'm I'm sorry if I'm going to ruin your day with this revelation. Oh, no. This Christmas pickle revelation. But like, I'm just the just I'm the anti-life equation of pickles like <laughs> i'm i'm the biggest anti-pickle guy ever there's wow. a couple blocks away from one of my stores is a wonderful delicious jewish deli called pickles and every time i drive past it i don't even think of how much i like a cheeseburger from that place or a pastrami sandwich i just shake my head in disgust over their pickle <laughs> mascot because i just i loathe pickles i just the taste, the smell, the texture, the juices, get it off my plate. Like whenever you go to a Jewish deli and you get just whatever, you know, and then they give you a side little pickle. I'm just like, <laughs> I want to throw it off my plate and onto someone else who loves pickles. Like I love to give people the pickle on my plate because I'm a very charitable guy. So I am not part of the Christmas pickle is what I'm trying to tell would it, you. Would it make a difference if I told you you don't have to eat the pickle after you find the pickle? That... No, I don't even want to look at yeah, it. Yeah, Timmy doesn't. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a free signed toy box of terror, any cover you want, if you can make sure I don't have to look at a, a, a pickle. Why are you trying to ruin uh, Timmy's holiday season? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Timmy, how's your Christmas going? <laughs> Terrible. The guys at the Archie podcast mailed me a pickle. It was gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've been asking around at work, and I even asked at this par Christmas party I was at, and I'm in the minority that I had no idea that it was a thing. No. But, you know? It's it's a thing, and I want no part of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, as much as I hate to do this, I, we have to stop talking about the Christmas pickle. Although I am working on my uh, on my pitch for an Archie Christmas pickle digest story, uh, so Mike, give me a call if you need another eight pages film. All right, Jughead and the Christmas pickle. I've already got it. Uh, hey guys, I can tell you for certain they give work to anybody over there. So hit up Mike right now. <laughs> it can be a crossover with Bacon Lad. There you yeah. go. There you go. Uh, Love so, me some Bacon Lad. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, so as a comics retailer, uh, we definitely wanted to end the podcast uh, talking about Christmas gifts as they relate to comics. So we wanted to address, talk about things like what are your favorite comics to give as gifts, but also when folks come into your comic book shop and they're asking for suggestions on what they should give as gifts. What's their, what are some of your go-tos? 
you know, it's it's weird. You know, I woke up this morning to a Yelp review that was four stars and it was like great shop, great selection. But the guy just told me that Fear the Funhouse Toy Box of Terror was the best Christmas present one could have this holiday <laughs> season. And he wouldn't let it go. Uh, no, um, graphic novels are always the big one for us for the holiday season. Um, you know, people list off their favorite movies and you know, who they're shopping for. And then we find in their new favorite Spidey or Batman or, you know, if they're not looking for something superhero related, we find them their next great thing. That's either published by Image or Dark Horse, you know, boom. And, you know, when it comes to like them asking for good horror stuff, I, for, funny enough, Christmas time, um, hand selling a lot of Archie horror. Um, a lot of people have no idea when they come in that their next favorite horror book is going to be something with, you know, Archie and the gang. <laughs> um, so that's a lot, that's a lot of fun. And I, I, that's been me since probably day one of owning the store. Um, I, you know, Christmas time's the best because you also get people who just want to buy a couple single issues Yeah, and, you know, they just get them off the new comics wall, the racks. And next thing you know, you have a kid who comes in who bought issue 23 of Amazing Spider-Man. And now he wants to read number one through 22, whether it's an issues or graphic novel, and then gets on for the series. There you go. It's great. It's Christmas magic. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of something else when uh, Brandon was asking me about this off the podcast. I was thinking, oh, something I, for like, I try to think about, you know, people's interest mm -hmm. outside of comics or whatnot. And something I've definitely bought for people for that I knew were into D&D &D was Rat Queens. Like, I was oh, like, yeah. oh. This is very yeah. accessible for D and D folks, and it's just such a fun comic. Yeah. So the uh, the other one for that I raise you is um, die. Oh, so D I E. Good. Yeah, yeah. goth Jumanji meets D and D. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a great pitch. That's a great <laughs> yeah. Pitch. No, it's it's great, and uh, that's like one of the magic of, in my opinion, of like comic shops. It's like you'll have an established comic. And then you'll hear comic shops elevator pitch for it that you've never heard before. And you're just like, oh, my God, how did I not think of that before? And so nine out of ten times whenever you go to a comic shop and they have a great elevator pitch for a book, that's probably an elevator pitch they heard from another comic shop. And now they just <laughs> borrowed. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Brandon, what about you? What is something you would recommend that, you know, that people could you would buy for someone. Oh gosh. You know, I, I've got some staples, you know, I've got some like, like the core set of, of, of usually uh, like one and done graphic novels or, or, or trades that I like to give away. The one that I've probably given the most as gifts over the last 10 years or so has been Jeff Lemire's underwater welder. Mm. That's just a oh, really, solid. trying a really to make people easy... cry at Christmas. I love to make people cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to cry, then you have to cry too. No, so I love I love giving that one away. That one's um, always always fun, and um, yeah, it really you know like like Timmy said, like part of it depends on like okay, what 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 kind of stories do I know this person loves? And uh, to your point, like about horror with Archie, I mean, there's I I can't my my personal favorite or, or, uh, horror story or horror comic is uh, is Afterlife with Archie. So uh, I wish that I could recommend uh, you know like some sort of great hardcover collection of all of it and <laughs> that it's finished everything but um but uh greatness I, takes time guys greatness takes time yeah it's true you know it's it's gonna come back when we least expect it and it's just gonna be a nice little surprise and treat you know and i just think of it this way you know we all just got to behave be on <laughs> santa you know santa roberto's good list you know not yeah. on the naughty list but the nice list 
And then, you know, it'll be a Christmas miracle one year. Maybe it'll come out in like September or July. But I'll still call it a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah. My friends need to experience the same pain I'm experiencing waiting. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. 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 But hey, we live in a world where Miracle Man came back. So anything's yeah, possible. That's true. So we just learned Brandon wants his friends to cry and feel pain yeah. as their Christmas present. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. I do want to jump in and say, as we're recording this, Happy Hanukkah. We're uh, towards the end of Hanukkah right now. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can check us out on social medias at Archie Me Pod, Archie Me Podcast. And, you know, leave a rating or review. That helps us out. And even if you're not on the West Coast, you can buy stuff from Arsenal Comics and Games Online, support them, support a local business, even if it's not local to you. Yeah. Um, Timmy, we just want to say a big thank you for being on today. Thank you for having me. This is the highlight of my day. This is awesome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to inviting you back. Just let me know when I'm there. <laughs> All right. Well, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. I'm no Betty or Veronica. Archie and me.